0: I have so many favorites, I say that all the time about everything, so <laughs> I just love the whole Bible, but there's some, there's some wonderful truths in this last chapter of Samson's life, some wonderful truths that we can learn, we can glean from, that we can apply to our Christian walk today. A lot of, uh, a lot of times we're going through these Old Testament uh, stories, and, I'm, and we're looking at them, and sometimes you're like, what does this have to do with me, if you'll just take yourself and apply your spiritual walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'll try to help you along this morning as we do that. You'll see how that applies, and you can apply it to your spiritual walk and grow. And I, I hope, and I can't encourage you enough, and I hope that you're coming in here to church so that this week you'll be just that much better of a Christian. Because I don't know about you, but last week I wasn't as good as I should be. And I hope this week, after we get into the Word and we look what Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, the Lord God has for us this morning, that this following week, that maybe I'll just be that much little—I'll just grow a little bit more in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. I'll be just a little bit better of a Christian because I think that's what all—that's what we're all striving for. Look at God, Judges chapter sixteen, verse one. Then went Samson to Gaza and saw there a harlot and went in unto her. And as, and it was told the Gazites saying, Samson has come hither. And they come past him him in and laid wait for him all night in the gate of the city and were quiet all the night, saying, In the morning when it is day, we shall kill him. So he went down. He was sleeping with a harlot. They find out about it. They're going to wait for for him at the gate. They're going to kill him as soon as he comes out. They're kind of lying in wait. But verse 3 happens. And Samson lay till midnight and arose at midnight and took the doors of the gate of the city and the two posts and went away with them bar and all... And put them upon his shoulders and carry them up to the top of a hill that is before Hebron. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you humbly this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, I pray, Father, that your words, Lord, uh, uh, will help us, Lord, to grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Lord, I do pray that Jesus Christ is glorified and lifted up in every way this morning, Lord. I pray, Lord, that uh, your, your people, Lord, here will have a heart to hear and ears to hear, Lord God, and we can receive it. But, Father, I pray, Lord, if there's somebody underneath the sound of my voice that hasn't taken Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, Father, when we give the invitation, they'll come on down, Lord God. Help us to be better Christians, Lord. Fill us with your Spirit. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray, amen. Amen. I'm going to show you this morning that Samson, Samson has the heart of a champion. That Samson has the heart of a champion. But just like every heart in here, he makes a lot of mistakes. And the heart of a champion isn't perfect. Uh, I know that uh, Michael Jordan is considered the greatest basketball player, maybe, to ever live. Now, you can have that argument, not, but in my generation, he was considered the greatest basketball player to ever live. And there's commercials of him hitting the last minute, last minute shots, and I think I've seen most of those shots because I loved watching Michael Jordan. But Nike put out a commercial one time, and it was a 30 second commercial. It was nothing but Michael Jordan missing game winning shots. It'd be the last minute, last seconds, he'd shoot the shot, it'd bounce, and he'd miss it. And it was just 30 seconds of him missing all these last game, last of the game shots, and it was just showing that he wasn't perfect. He wasn't perfect, but he kept getting back up. And what you're going to find out here, Samson's a lot like us. We've all got hearts in here. We've all got hearts for the Lord. And we have the heart of a champion given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ. But we're going to make some mistakes. And here you have the first thing you're going to notice about Samson is Samson's heart begins to wander from God, but there's no immediate consequences. Verse 1, he goes down to a harlot. That's not what God wants him to do. His heart is wandering from God. But you notice down verse 3, when his enemies are there, he literally picks up the gates. He hulks out and he carries them on his shoulders. There's no consequences to his sin from verse 1. Samson has his heart is began to wander from God, but there's no immediate consequence. So he keeps living in that sin. Christian, that's how we live. As a Christian's heart can wander in sin, and when there's no immediate consequences, we keep doing that sin. We do a sin, we commit a sin, there's some of us that are living in different sins, and God has not immediately brought down a bolt of lightning and struck us, right? How many times have you been around somebody where they'll say something like, Oh, I hate God, or they'll say something like that, and everybody like, back up like, What are you doing? I'm waiting for the bolt of lightning to come strike you down. I've never seen it happen yet. I've never seen it happen yet. That's why the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 11, because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. That's Ecclesiastes 8, 11. Because men don't see an immediate response to the sin they're doing, they continue to live in that sin. They continue to think, hey, and they got in the back of their mind, there's not a payday coming. If there's anything you'll find out about the Bible, it shows you that there's a payday someday. And Samson's heart had wandered away from God, had wandered away from God. Ecclesiastes, let me read you Ecclesiastes chapter 6, very important. If you listen to anything this morning, listen to this. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Don't You're deceiving yourself, you think you're going to get away with it, you're sowing it, you're sowing it, you're sowing it, and you think, oh, I'm never going to reap that sin. Samson's about to reap it. And what happens is because Samson's heart's starting to wander away from God, and he doesn't see any immediate sin. Sometimes, Christians, you're living in sin, and you go to church, and everything seems to be okay. You're still opening up your Bible. Everything seems to be okay. You're kind of praying. You think, well, everything seems to be okay. That doesn't necessarily mean God's happy with it. He's long-suffering. Thank God. But there's a payday someday. And, guys, I've come to that wall. I've sinned and sinned and sinned, and then one day... Boom, God just shows up in my life. You're going to see this happen to Samson. And I'm trying to warn you that you need to get right with God, get your heart right with God before he has to get it right for you. Look at verse 4. And it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sarek, whose name was Delilah. woo hoo hoo Here comes Delilah. He loves Delilah. Samson thought he could give his love to Delilah but give his heart to God. That's what the main thing you're going to see through this whole set of verses here. Samson thinks he can give his love to Delilah, but then keep his heart on God. It don't work that way. Christian, you can't love the world and give your heart to God. I'm going to say that again. Christian, you can't love the world and then give your heart to God. It makes it really hard, doesn't it? To live out in the world and have your love on the world, and to love everything on the world, and then come down and sit in the church and say, okay, I'm going to listen to the things of God and love them. It's hard. It's really, really hard. In this story we're going to read here, Delilah's going to represent the world, and the Philistines are going to represent the devil. Samson? Samson's going to represent me and you. Look at verse 5. So he falls in love with a woman named Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up to her. And remember, the Philistines are going to represent the devil. And said unto her, and to Delilah, entice him. And see wherein in his great strength lieth. And what means we may prevail against him, that we may bind him to afflict him. And we will give thee every one of us 1,100 pieces of silver. Woo! That's a lot of money. So they come to, the, you know, the Philistines have had it in for, the, for Samson for years. Remember, Samson's the one that killed a 1,000 of them with the jawbone of an ass. Samson's been a bad dude. He's been doing all kinds of things to him. They want Samson, but they can't get him. And they ask her, they say, hey, help us to find out where his strength lies. Where's his great strength? For, how's he getting all this great strength? Help us to lie lie and we'll give you at the end of verse 5 1,100 pieces of silver apiece. So the Philistines represent the devil and Delilah represents the world. The world, Christian, and the Christian will never understand this, but it's the truth. The world wants to destroy you, Christian, for one simple reason, the love of money. They're making a buck off of you. They're making money off of you. The root of all evil is the love of money. 1 Timothy 6.10. The world wants to destroy you because they make money off of destroying you. They make money off of destroying your kids. They make money off of destroying your family. They make money off of destroying Christianity. And they love it and they're making more money off of it. And let me hit, tell you right now, the devil's more than happy to pay it to destroy you. So Delilah's going to betray him. For why? For money. If you can be bought for a million dollars, you can be bought for a dollar. Amen. Amen. If, I, if, if somebody came into this church and said, I'm a billionaire, and if I'll give anybody in this church a hundred million dollars if they stand up here and deny Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. I hate to say it, but we're probably be tearing each other up, trying to beat each other down here, right? You say, I wouldn't do that, now would you? I hope not. But those people I talk to, I, I'm not talking about here at church with spin people. I talk to Christians, they'll say, for $100 million, I would do this and I would do that. And I tell them every time, I say, if you'll do it for $100 million, you'll do it for a dollar. You think those young girls that are doing what they're doing for crack cocaine? You ever thought about that? If you'll do it for $100 million, you'll do it for a dollar. How many people do you know that say, if I ever strike it, strike it rich, I'm going to buy everybody I know a car. <laughs> you ever heard people say stuff like that? i want to buy everybody I know a house. If I hit the lottery, I'm going to buy him a house and her a house. We had a guy up at work one time, and he was talking that way, and he's like, man, if I, if I win, a, if I win a, that lottery, because I had a big lottery going on, and they were playing the lottery, because I win the lottery, I'm going to buy everybody in the break room a car. So you know what I did? I spoke up. I said, you won't even buy me a Coke now, and you're going to buy me a car? You won't even go to the Coke machine and buy me a Coke, but I expect you, you know. Guys, money just enhances what you really are. Delilah was a, Delilah was a betrayer. Delilah was a lover of the devil. And only the money's what showed what her true colors were. Money's getting tight in America. Gas is going up. Price of everything's going up. Money's getting tight, and money's about to show where people's real colors lie. It is. And God's about to prove you and test you. Look at verse 6. And Delilah said to Samson, Tell me, I pray thee, wherein thy great strength lieth, and wherein thou mightest be bound to afflict thee. She's starting to test him. Whenever the, Lord, whenever the world, what the world and the devil's always looking for, they're always looking for your weakness. The devil's good at this. Christian, your weakness is not my weakness. And the devil's always looking for a way to get in on your weaknesses. You better be on guard. You better have your heart on guard. There's some things the devil can tempt you with that doesn't tempt me. And there's things the devil can tempt me with that would never tempt you. You better have your guard up. He's always looking. The greatest mistake a Christian makes is they forget the spiritual battle that's going on around them at all times. And they forget that the devil leads people to call you. To reach out to you. The devil puts people in your way. The devil puts things in your way. The devil has things happen in your life. Why is the devil doing that? Because he wants to see you fall. He hates you like he hated Samson. He wants to see you destroyed. He'll do anything he can do to do it. Why? Because he hates you because of Jesus Christ. And Jesus warned us. They hated me before they're going to hate you. Don't think you're going to get away from it. That's why, if you don't have anybody that hates you for your Christian beliefs, you've got to check yourself. You've got to start wondering, am I doing the right thing? Because Jesus said that people were going to hate me. No, nope, everybody loves me. Tell me, I pray that we're in thy Greek. So she's begging him. Verse 7, and Samson said unto her, If they, they bind me with seven green widths, that would be like twigs bound together, that were never dried, then I shall be weak and be as another man. You give me some green, uh, live twigs, round them up, bind them on me, I'll be as weak as any other man. Verse 8. Then the lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven green widths, which had not been dried, and she bound him with them. Notice that the devil, the Philistines, are helping Delilah. The devil helps the world with what he's doing. You ever notice that everything that's bad for you, every kind of sin that the devil promotes in every way? If there's something that the Bible teaches against, you can be guaranteed that every movie, every musician, every actor promotes that in every way. And if there happens to be some actor or actress that goes against what this world system is trying to preach or teach, that actor or actress is canceled, shunned. No more work for you. Why? Because you're not doing what the devil wants you to do, and the devil wants you to promote this and promote that and promote this. So he comes down, he helps Delilah. They help Delilah. Verse 9, now there were men lying in wait, so they're going to lie in wait, abiding with her in the chamber. She said unto him, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he brake the widths as a thread of toe is broken when it toucheth the fire, so his strength was not known. <laughs> I love that. He said, yeah, baby. Yeah, sugar snookums, you just wrap some little twigs around here. You know, I'll be just as weak as any other man. She said, the Philistines be upon you. He just rips them off. Us men are so stupid. That should have been the first sign like, this woman might have something against me. Why does she want to tie me up? Most of us men in here are just like this. Verse 11, And he said unto her, If they bind me fast with new ropes that never were occupied, then shall I be weak and be as another man. Delilah therefore took new ropes and bound him therewith and said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson, and there were liars in wait abiding in the chamber. He broke them from off his arms like a thread. Same thing happens. Give me some new rope, and I'll be just as weak as any other man. Philistines be upon thee. He's yeah, baby, here I am. What's Samson doing right here? He's playing with sin. You think Samson knows this is wrong? Yeah, he knows this is wrong. What's he doing then, Pastor? He's playing with sin. He's just playing with sin. Why? He's hadn't had any consequences. He's played with sin for years and nothing ever happened. He's, everything's been going okay. He's given his heart to Delilah. He says, he's, he's given his love to Delilah and he says, Well, my heart's still on God, but I give my love to Delilah. Everything I love about, about her, I just love her to death. See, this story is more than a man and a woman. When you read this story and you just first read over it, you kind of forget that this story is about more than just a man and a woman. This story is about giving your heart away to the wrong person. I know there's some of us in here that can say that we've given our heart away to the wrong person and have paid dire consequences for that. But I can hear you and tell you this morning with all assurity that if you give your heart away to Jesus Christ, you'll never regret it. You'll never, never regret, regret that. Verse thirteen And Delilah said unto Samson, Hitherto thou hast mocked me and told me lies. Tell me wherewith thou mightest be bound. And he said unto her, If thou weavest the seven locks on my head with the web, and she fastened it with the pen, and said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he waked out of his sleep, and went away with the pen of the beam and with the web. Wow. So there's this, this web that they would use to make, to make material, to make cloth, and she weaved it into his hair. And when she said, The Philistines be upon you, he just woke up and he pulled all that and drug it out. Now something's going to change in verse 15. Verse 15, And she said unto him, How canst thou say I love thee when thine heart is not with me? There we go. See, he's been giving his love to her, but his heart's been on God. That's what he's thinking. But what she's making a point is, And what the devil's going to make a point is, and what God even wants to make your point is, wherever your heart is, wherever your love is, that's where your heart's going to follow. Whatever you've fallen in love with, that's where your heart's at. See, your love might go first, but your heart's right behind. And she's saying, hey, you keep telling me you love me. Verse 15. How canst thou say I love thee when thine heart is not with me? Thou hast mocked me these three times and hast not told me we're in thy great strength alive. Verse 16. And it came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death. Young, young, young kids in here, young people, I don't care how, how young or old you think, or how old you are, peer peer pressure is a real thing. And verse 16 is describing what peer pressure does to you. And it came to pass when she pressed him daily. Peer pressure, it presses on you. See, with her words, come on, you can do it, you can do it. and urges him, it urges you, and then at the last, his soul was vexed, it vexes you. So I, the best advice I can tell you, when you feel like you're getting peer pressured, meaning you, got, you tell, feel like your friends or somebody you love, you think you love, is trying to get you to do something, we're telling you to do something, the best way out of that is to leave. Get away from them. Get away from them friends. Leave. If Samson would have walked up right here and said, this woman's out to get me, and he would have left, we wouldn't be reading the rest of what happens to Samson. But what happens to Samson is what happens to a lot of Christians, they start letting their heart wander from God. The love starts first, and then the heart starts wandering. Verse 17. She vexed him so much that he told her all his heart. There's his heart. First he gave him his first he gave her his love, now he's given him his heart and said unto her, there hath no com, there's not come a razor upon my head, for I've been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak. And be like any other man. He tells a secret between him and God. He gives her all his heart. That's a man that's given his heart away. When Samson had given his heart away, Delilah sets out to destroy him. Christian, once the world knows and the devil knows that, that, you, that they have you, they will try to destroy you. When the world and the devil know that they have you, and now Delilah knows I've got him. What's she going to do now? You going to read it with me? She's going to try to destroy him. If you're in here and you're a Christian and you've fallen into the trap of the world and the devil and whatever sin it might be or whatever the world tried to convince you goes against the word of God, when the, the devil and the world got you there they're, there, they're not there to help you out. They're not there to cuddle you and to help you and to make you a better person. They're there to de- destroy you. Ruin your testimony. Look at verse 18. And when Delilah saw that he told her all his heart, See, his heart's finally gone to Delilah. His love had been going to Delilah, and he'd said, in his mind, he thought, My heart's on God. But the truth is, is that when his heart was put on Delilah, now, I mean, when his love was put on Delilah, now his heart is finally followed and is followed over to Delilah. And she realizes it. And she says, Oh, I've got this precious thing. I've got his precious love and heart in my hands. What should I do with it? She says, Now I'm going to destroy him. That's the devil, that's the world. They get you, they get your innocence, they get your sincerity, they get your, your, your just naivety, and they take all of that, and you say, man, that's so precious. It is precious. And now they want to destroy you for it. Somewhere along the way, Christians started believing that the world is not wicked. And they started believing that the world has got my best interest. The world does not have a Christian's best interest. The world is against you. They're against this Bible. They hate you. They hate this Bible. They hate Jesus Christ. And when you wake up to that truth, it'll make you a better Christian. And I'm talking about Fox News. I'm talking about any other Republicans you can think of. I'm talking about Donald Trump. I'm talking about any of this world. They hate you. Get that through your thick head. And stop believing. If we could just vote the right person in, this world would be a better place. This world hates Christianity. They only coddle up to you because they're getting what they want. And when they get what they want and they get in the power they want, they will destroy you. Stop believing that nonsense. Stick with Jesus Christ, keep your heart on God, and everything will be all right. I've seen so many of my brothers, and I'm talking about pastor friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, they turn over to the world, they start giving their heart to the world, and they destroy them. And some of them don't ever get back. It's a danger. Look. Verse 18, when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she went and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he has showed me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hand. Ah, see, it's all about money. And she made him sleep upon her knees. And she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. And she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. She puts him up, sleep on her knees. Oh, everything's gonna be okay, sweetum. Everything's gonna be okay, baby. Just lay it right here. Lay your sweet head up on my knee. They th- they treat you and coddle you and make you feel so comfortable, and they tell you they love you, and they're out to destroy you. I remember when I was a kid. I was like 14 before I got saved. I remember I had an Ozzy Osbourne live album, the Randy Rhodes tribute. And Ozzy Osbourne live album, in that live album, Ozzy Osbourne says, I love you all. And the crowd's like, yeah. And I remember as a kid, it's like, he loves us. I thought we were all supposed to hate each other. See, because I was full of hate. I said, why does he love me? Ozzy Osbourne doesn't love you or he wouldn't be teaching you how to do drugs and to drink and to do all the other wicked stuff that he does. If somebody loves you, they try to help you to be a better person. Everybody that says they love you doesn't mean they love you. <laughs> I know these are simple truths, but sometimes we've got to hammer them home. Hammer them. Hammer them. Hammer them. Why? Because we're thick-headed. And I say we. I'm including myself. I've given my heart away where I shouldn't give it away. And my heart's went away from God where it shouldn't be. You know, I'm bringing Chad Reese in. We're bringing Chad Reese in in September. Again, praise God, he's willing to come down here. You know what Chad Reese said to me? When my heart was as far away from God as it could get, he said, brother, I don't know your situation. I don't know what's going on, but let me, I'm going to give you some advice, brother. I said, I'll take it, brother. He said, brother, you need to fall back in love with Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you this morning, I don't know where your heart's at, but I can tell you, wherever it's at, you need to fall back in love with Jesus Christ. Remember your first love, Jesus Christ says. Samson's going to find out the hard way. Verse 20, And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he was awoke out of his sleep, and said, I will go out as other times before and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. Samson's heart was so far from God, he did not realize that the Lord wasn't with him. Christian, are you like Samson this morning and you're slumbering? You're asleep, like Samson, and he woke out of his sleep, and maybe you're just now waking up, and you've been letting the world keep your heart, and you've been letting your world take your heart, and your world's been with the the your heart's been with the world, and you're just now waking up to the truth, that you're under attack, and you're realizing that you don't have the power of God like you used to. There was a time you could fight that sin off, there was a time that You wanted to go to church. It was a time that you loved to sing hymns. It was a time that you loved to hear God's word preached. It was a time you would be excited that there was a revival coming up. But you're in here this morning. You're like, I don't know. I'm just, I don't know. And the preacher's talking about the heart. You're kind of meditating on that. You're like, well, you know, I really do love this. And I really do love that. And you're just now kind of waking up to the truth that, you know what? I don't know if I have the power of God anymore. I don't know if I have the power of the Holy Spirit anymore. Samson woke up out of sleep, and he's going to do what he always does, and God was gone. Long gone. I've been in my Christian walk where I thought I was going to do what I was going to do and live in sin, and then wake up one morning and go, man, I prayed, and those prayers hit the top of that ceiling and fell back to me. Where's God at? I'd lost that power, because I gave my heart away to something that wasn't God. I, when I gave my heart to the world I was making the world my God. And God says, Okay, you want the world to be your God? Go right on ahead, little boy. Go on. I'm going to give you what you want, which is the worst thing God could do. I'm going to give you what you want. Go ahead. And I got off in the world, and the world started destroying me as a Christian started destroying me, I started getting in sin, I was miserable, I was wretched, I didn't have any power of God, I didn't know where the Lord was, and I woke up and I'm like wow, what's going on here? And she said, the Philistines be upon thee Samson, and he awoke out of his sleep, this is verse 20, and said, I will go out as the other times before and shake myself and he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. Gone. Lord's just gone. You ever woke up like that? There's some days I'm walking around, and I'm like, man, I think the Lord has just left me here. You know what I found out? It's not because God left me. It's because I left God. It's not because God doesn't want me. It's not that God doesn't want to have me. It's because I left God. My heart wandered away from God. My love went somewhere else, and before you know it, my heart followed my love, and here I am, and God's way over there. And I need God right now. Well, he's way over here. Samson found that out. Verse 21. But the Philistines took him, put out his eyes, brought him down to Gaza, and bound him with fetters of brass, and he did grind in the prison house. Samson gave his heart to Delilah, and now he's blind and bound, and life is a grind. That's verse 21. Oh, I'm going to give all my heart to Delilah. Yeah, well now you're blind and bound and life is a grind. Christian, are you in here this morning can say the same thing? Can you this morning, you might not realize why, maybe you're just now waking up to the truth, or maybe it's because I've given my heart away to the world, but you know what, when I look at things, I'm kind of blind to the truth. I am kind of feel like I'm bound in my sin, and man, life is just a grind. Can you say that? I got some hope for you. Praise God. It's not all bad news this morning, brothers and sisters. (laughs) We got the heart of a champion in this man right here. And I'm here to tell you Samson has the same heart you have. You have the heart of a champion. You got Jesus Christ, you got the new man. That's the heart of a champion. Samson has that same heart. But that doesn't, mean, that doesn't mean that you haven't led yourself down to Delilah and she's put out your eyes and bound you and life is in the grind. That doesn't mean that. Just because you're saved, just because you know you're going to heaven doesn't mean all these three things aren't true to you. Christian, you can be bound in your sin. Why am I bound in my sin? Because God's over there, Jesus is over there, and you put your heart and love over here. Let's see what happens. Now we're going to get into the good stuff. Howbeit the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. Then the lords of the Philistines gathered them together for to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon their God. And to rejoice, for they said, Our God hath delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hand. And when the people saw him, they praised their God. For they said, our God had delivered into our hands our enemy and the destroyer of our country, which slew many of us. See, what, what happens in verses 22 through 24 is this great lie. And the devil believes it and the world believes it that their philosophy, their religious philosophy, their teachings, their gods, which their science, whatever it is, when they get us down, and we're down beat down, and we're bound, and we're not doing very good as Christians, they're laughing at us, they're mocking us, they're saying, see what we did? You didn't do it, world. Devil, you didn't do it. I allowed you to do it. Samson allowed Delilah to do this. Christian, this morning, if you're bound in sin and life is a grind, it's because you allowed the world to do it to you. Their God didn't do it to you. The devil only has power over you that you give him. Because greater in you is greater than it's in the world. Greater in you is him that's in, than greater than him that's in the world. You've got Jesus Christ in you, and he's greater than all this world. You've allowed because you've given your heart and love to something else, to the world. You've allowed them to control you, and that's all that's happened. They have no control over you. It was a choice, and you made the wrong choice, just like Samson. But they believe that. That's a lie. Christian, it's your choice, and you know what? It's your choice to get out of it, too. Praise God because you have the power through the Holy Spirit when you repent of your sin and say, Lord, I shouldn't have done that. The Lord will come in and give you the power to break that sin, give you the power to break that bondage, to say life is good again. Life is not a grind. He wants to give that to you, but He can't when you're way over here with your heart and you need to take your heart and say, I love you, Lord Jesus. I love you. I shouldn't have done it. The Lord says, I know, baby, come back here. For the Lord to do you like he did me and put you up on his knee and just rock you and take care of you. Say, everything will be okay. I'm glad you came back. Praise God. That's our God. Prodigal son ran off. Did all this stuff that Samson's doing. What happened when the prodigal son came back? He said, well, my, ba- my father won't really like me coming back, but at least I could be a servant. So he comes walking back to his dad. His dad sees him. His dad says, my son, my son. And he runs out and he grabs him and hugs him and kisses him. Christian? You're living in sin. You're bound. There's a life of grind. God wants to hug you. God wants to kiss you. God wants to kill the fatted calf for you. Why is he like that? Because he's just that good. Do you deserve it? No. Did the prodigal son deserve that? No. But God, in his infinite wisdom, through, his, through the Father, has grace for you and will love on you. Verse 25, And it came to pass when their hearts were merry that they said, call for Samson, that he may make us sport. And they called for Samson out of the prison house, and he made them sport, and they set him between the pillars. So they said, bring out Samson, let's see him. So they bring out Samson, he's bound up in chains, he's blind, and he walks out, and they're all laughing, they're all mocking. This is when the heart of a champion rises. I'm about to show it to you. The heart of a champion rises. Right here. This is what makes Samson so awesome. And you've got this heart in each and every one of you. Samson's heart's about to rise. Verse 26. And Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, Suffer me that I may feel the pillars whereupon the house standeth, that I might lean upon them. See, Samson says, he hears them mocking him. He hears them making fun of his God. He hears all of that. And there's something in Samson's heart that stirs up. In the heart of a champion, when the devil's making fun of you, and this morning, this this morning, Christian, if you're bound, if you're in sin, if your life is a grind, the devil is over you, and he's laughing, and he's mocking, he's making fun of you, and the world is belly aching, laughing, <laughs> something you should stir up. I'm a child of a king. You don't talk to me like that. I'm a child of a king. Some in your heart should rise up and say, you know what? I don't have to live like this. I don't have to act like this. I'm a child of a king. I'm saved. And my heavenly father is God Almighty. Don't you be laughing at me. Some in Samson stirs up when he hears them all cheering and laughing and mocking. He he said, no. Hey, boy, come over here. You Put put my hand right here. Now, where's the other? Put put it over here. That's the heart of a champion. And it's in each of one of you. And it'll rise up if you'll let it. Now verse 27, now the house was full of men and women. And all the lords of the Philistines were there. And there were upon the rooftop about 3,000 men and women that beheld while Samson made sport. And Samson called unto the Lord God. And he said, "Oh Lord God, remember me. Woo, he's repenting. He said, Lord God, I want you to remember me because I remember all the things I did for you in the past. Don't you forget me, Father. Remember me. The heart of a champion, it remembers. It remembers that it's a child of a king. It remembers that it's got salvation in Jesus Christ. It remembers it's got power in the Holy Spirit. The heart of a champion rises because it remembers. and doesn't forget. It remembers all the promises of God. When the world's making fun of this book, when the world's telling you there is no God, the heart of a champion rises up and says, There is a God. When it says Jesus Christ is just a man, he didn't rise from the dead. The heart of a champion said, He is risen from the dead. He's living in my heart today. The heart of a champion rises and he remembers and he says, Oh Lord God, remember me. I pray thee and strengthen me. The heart of a champion asks God for the strength to do what it needs to do. See, you're not going to do it in your own strength. Samson realizes it's not my hair being cut off. It's not my eyes. It's not anything I'm doing. It's the power of God in me. And I can't break this sin by myself. I can't stop sinning by myself. I need the power of God in me. The Holy Spirit needs to flow in me. God, Lord God, remember me. Give me strength. That's the heart of a champion. I'm here to tell you this morning, that's in each and every one of you Christians. If you want it. Remember me, I pray, and strengthen me. I pray thee only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. Lord, let me do this to shut them up. The devil's laughing at me. The world's laughing at me. The world's laughing at you. The world's making fun of Jesus Christ. Give me the strength, Lord, to break this sin. Give me the strength to have a great life, an abundant life, so I can look at the world and say, I'm avenged of you. I've got the better god. Back off. I want to be avenged to my enemies. The world is your enemy. And you need to wake up and realize that they want you. They want to destroy you. And Samson now realizes that and he says, "Strengthen me. Remember me. Avenge me." The heart of a champion. Finally in verse 29. Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon the house which the house stood on which it was borne up of the one with his right hand and the other with his left. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might, and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. Woo! Samson killed a lot of men. You know what? Right there he killed more than he ever did before. See, the last thing you need to know about the heart of a champion. It rises. It remembers. It draws strength from God. It gets stirred up. It gets mad. It wants to be avenged. And finally, what you need to know over there in verse 30, it sacrifices all. The heart of a champion. When it rises, it sacrifices all. When the heart of a champion sacrifices all, you will get the victory. The reason why you might not have victory in your life, Christian, is because you're not willing to sacrifice all. I don't know what that all is. And you know, I'm not saying all your money or all your houses or all your lands or I'm not saying that. But I'm here to tell you that there's something in your life that the Lord God says, I really wish this right here. And you say, Well, well Lord, my heart's on that. I, I love that, Lord. My heart's on that. I really love it. you're making it a God. If you'll sacrifice that, we're going to destroy more enemies than you ever did before. Samson died right there. His brother and all the house of his father came down and took him and brought him up and buried him. said he judged Israel 20 years. You should say right there that Samson committed suicide. Samson's listed as a great man of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. He's mentioned. He's a great man of faith. Suicide won't lead you to hell. Suicide's just a mental condition. So Get that out of your head. What you do to get in your head is, where's your heart with God? Is your heart with God this morning or is it just wandering around? Wandering away from God. And you wonder, why Why am I bound? Why am I so miserable? Why is life a grind? Fall back in love with Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for Samson, and the story of Samson, Lord God, and I thank you for his, his cry out to you, Lord God, for, to remember him, to give him strength, Lord God, to, have him, to give him some vengeance on his enemies, Lord God, and on that devil, Lord God, that's been mocking him and making fun of him, Lord God. And I fa- finally, Lord, I thank you for his heart, that it was willing to sacrifice whatever it took. Lord, I pray you give us that kind of heart, the heart of a champion that will rise up, Lord God. When these times get dark, Lord, we'll rise up and do those things that are right, Lord God. Shake off these sins, Lord. I Take our heart and put it back in your hands, Lord God, where it belongs. And I thank you, Lord God, for your long-suffering. And I thank you, Lord, you put up with us. But, Lord, I know we could be better. I know we could do a better job, Lord God. Help us, Lord, to draw closer to you. And, Father, if there's somebody that doesn't know you as the Lord and Savior, Father, I pray, Lord, Lord Jesus, that when you give, we give the invitation, you'll, they'll come on down the aisle and get saved. Lord, I know it's a choice. It's their choice, Lord God, but I pray they make the right choice. They put their heart in your hands. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at indiangapbaptist.com. On the internet, it's indiangapbaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight